0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of the Cardboard and Cracker Jacks Podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Tones, joined in alongside as always by our two great co-hosts, we'll bring him in here shortly, Astros J, Coach G. We got a loaded episode on tap today, we have card um, card convention, recap from Jake Nationals, that is obviously the biggest collectible slash card convention of the year, which is called the Nationals. It was in Chicago this year. We talked about it in previous episodes. We got Cubs chatter. Who the hell's in their lineup? What the hell are they doing at Wrigley Field? Parking's a mess. They don't know what they're doing. We'll get into that in a bit shortly. And what the heck is going to happen with David Ross. White Sox crosstown sweep on a roll. They're looking good. Uh, Eloy's been on a tear. We'll talk about them here shortly. Astros, how have their deadline moves gone? They traded for one of the best relievers available at the deadline, and Kendall Graverman and a couple other pieces. Jake will get into that. Um, ALNL wildcard chatter, Red Sox, Yankees, Mariners, Blue Jays, who we think will get that. Last spot, then Padres or Reds are battling it out in the NL, and then Bryce Harper from over to underrated. Perhaps a lot of people may or may not agree with that. We'll bring you the latest chatter and conversation on that topic here shortly. So, boys, want to open with uh, how the hell are you guys doing? It's um, about to be storming out where we're at on our home fronts. Uh, Cubs game just went out here on my satellite. Uh, Lucky for us, we got things like MLB TV apps uh, where we can keep chugging. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's about nine
1: PM outside, but it's about seven thirty. So, uh, you guys might be able to hear some some thunder in the background. I can hear it over my headphones, like super (laughs) loud. So, (laughs) hope we don't blow away. (laughs) Yeah, mid episode
2: tornado. I
1: mean. I mean, yesterday, my, my phone went off like three times with tornado warnings, and it didn't even rain here. There was like three tornadoes that touched down north of here, but nothing down where, here.
3: Where are you living now, Jake? Uh,
1: I am in North Naperville. I'm in okay. DuPage County, so I'm not okay, Will County okay, anymore, yeah. but it's like southeast of DuPage County.
3: Okay, yeah. I was getting, Dude, my phone was blowing up too, and I'm, I'm good, boys. I'm good. I'm staying, uh, staying dry here in uh, Aurora. And, uh, dude, my phone blew the fuck up yesterday. And I'm like, where the fuck are these tornadoes at?
1: And <laughs> they're like fucking 20 miles away. And I'm like, ah, we're good. Okay.
3: But uh, it looks well, like uh, we're coming tonight.
1: <laughs> one of my coworkers, uh, the main one was less than a mile from her house. Jesus. So yeah, a little bit of a, of a close call there. She's up in Sycamore.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sycamore yesterday, the tornado was uh prevalent. So prayers out to that. Um, not good, uh, crazy storm and we in right now, Jake, it looks like it's heading your way. We in is right by you. That's where, um, you know, Joe is. That's where my girlfriend is. So everyone in the Chicagoland area, be safe out there right now. We got some, uh, storms on the horizon as always. And I also want to do a quick shout out before this episode gets brewing, To a fallen loved one, a fallen officer, um, Officer Ella French in uh, Chicago Police Department. Uh, She was only 29 years old. Um, A lot of people aren't talking about this right now, but we're going to mention it shortly, and we're going to do a quick moment of silence for um, a great hero who lost her life too soon. Moment of silence for Officer Ella French of the Chicago Police Department, who we lost tragically this past weekend due to two hood rats shooting her, so... Um it's a moment of silence for Ella. Fellas, as tough as these times comes, that's what makes baseball so great. Um, you know, it brings up some some better things in our lives. Walking on the field, walking, or just even watching baseball. I know for me at least, you know, brings happiness to me and uh, you know, brings light to these Tough times, Jake. I know you had perhaps some good times over the past week or so. Uh, you went to the Nationals. You went to the card show. I know you perhaps were a little disappointed. And you were pretty damn hyped up, so I'm disappointed that you were disappointed. Why were you disappointed? Was one day better than the other? How the hell did that go? Uh,
1: I mean, the second day that I went, so I went Wednesday afternoon uh, for the uh, the like sneak peek day is it's like a half day, it's only four hours, but I was there for the four hours on Wednesday and then I went back Friday all day. Um, I I'd say Friday was a little better just cause I learned from the first day, but overall it was, it was a little disappointing. I mean, if you, and like, like that's just based on what I'm looking for. I mean, usually when I go, um, I'm trying to just look at as many tables as I can cause there's, there's so many tables. Um, just looking for anything uh, that's on display that you can just quickly pick up Just go from table to table and um, pretty much everything that was on display at every table was pretty much the exact same. It seemed like a lot of, um, of course, there's all the Otani cards, uh, Acuna, Tatis, Vlad, uh, and like all the dealers here are, are like the most high end dealers across the country. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool seeing cards that are, Priced at twenty five thirty grand, but if you're looking to actually find stuff to buy, um, wasn't a lot that was on display for just normal people to buy that aren't made of money. So, um, however, but uh, the second day uh, kind of went went a little slower. Um, looked through more of the boxes. I mean, there's like a lot of tables that have like boxes where where you got to dig through. So I found a lot of smaller stuff just digging through boxes. But I was, I was hoping to spend more money. Um, I actually left with half the money I brought which is kind of impressive that's a good thing that oh no, is- that's not <laughs> not when you're at the national
0: it's not that's a good thing at the casino that's a good thing when you you know do some other things around here but when you go to the national you're bringing that yeah. money and you're I mean, hungry when
1: you're, when you're looking to spend money on cards and you're a you freaking predator
0: hunting prey at that thing
1: and and you can't find cards that you want to buy like that gets frustrating It gets very frustrating because like I have the money here and like, I know what I'm looking for. It's like a general idea, but none of it's there. Right. And if there's something that you want to, that you want to buy nine times out of 10, you got to dig through a box that has all tons of shit in there. And like a lot of people aren't sorting their boxes by team. So if you're looking for a specific team, it's, it's, it's a chore. So I mean there was there, there was a bunch of stuff that I that I picked up that was pretty cool. I got a, a 2019 Bowman Chrome Jeremy Pena Gold, Auto, uh, got a pretty good deal on that. I, that was I, a beauty. Found a few Jose Altuve autographs, but I was I was trying to find some early Altuve stuff. Um, just looking for for some rare things I don't have, and I didn't find anything rare that I didn't have. It was all just Otani's and Tatis's and Acuna's and Vlad's. And it was, it was, it was very cool to see, but looking for something specific. And also, uh, I mean, this is the first national in the past two years because last year's was, it was of course canceled. And uh, I mean, there was a lot of changes over the past year and a half in the card industry. Um, it's, it's gotten way bigger. People are hunting way more after investment cards people hunting way after uh, cards that are graded, grading cards has gone huge. I mean, the backups at, at PSA and BGS costs, I mean, it takes almost a year, if not more. are sending cards back graded. to
0: people. There, there's so many cards that these graders are just sending them back yeah. to people. So
1: like when you're at the convention, I mean, it was very clear what was different. I mean, basically every case, about 95% of the cards that were on display were graded. Um, which for me personally I don't care about grading. It's not what I really collect after. I, I collect for cards that are rare and I'm a completionist, so looking for sets mm-hmm. to complete and stuff I don't have. And the uh the trend was very obvious that it went more towards graded investment cards. And that was about ninety-five percent of what was in the display cases. So uh a little frustrating, and of course, if there's graded cards, there's less of them because the slabs take up space, so there was less cards on display than there, than there usually are yeah uh, did,
3: did you wait in line at all to meet any of these uh af- athletes yeah, or...
1: yeah we uh we didn't do as much as we usually did. Um, my dad met Ryan Sandberg, um, which is his favorite player of all time, his favorite cub, and then we got his his, his autograph, and we also uh, met goose Gossage which is very cool. That's
0: awesome. Uh, That's two for two in meet and greets right there. I met Ryan Sandberg before I was lucky enough to do that. He's an incredible guy, an incredible person, incredible ball player. Um, I I can't blame your dad for targeting him as a favorite player. I think a lot of people would like him as a favorite player. So that's an awesome Nationals recap from Jake. I've seen on the collectibles front, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually did have a booth down there. I've seen – they had a lot of game used jerseys, helmets, things like that available for sale. Other than that, a lot of game used collectors were left disappointed, I heard. Um, a couple stands obviously had game used items here and there, but uh, my game used pals who went told me that. You know, it is primarily cards there. There's game used things here and there, but other than the Steelers stand, oh, wasn't much there. I got a couple cool things um over the past week or so before we move on into our baseball portion of the show. I got a couple game used Cubs items in the mail. I got a Wilson Contreras game used bat from this year, crack bat. Pretty cool. Has that slick little hammer edge uh look at the bottom. Uh you can ax tell- hammer. Yep, the axe hammer. Sweet. You, you could tell he did some damage with this puppy, too. There's ball marks all up and down the barrel. And then I got um, Jake Mariznik's Game Use Bat from the 4th of July, the game that me and my girlfriend actually attended this year in Ohio. That's why I targeted that one. Um, Jake Marisnik Game Use Bat, that's a pretty cool one as well. And then I was uh, VIP ringside for a Monday Night Raw, so I got to keep the chair. That's always pretty cool. I got to keep my chair from the all-state arena it's pretty badass too and then uh i for sitting vip i got a becky lynch framed autograph picture they gave us so that was pretty cool as well um pretty good week for memorabilia here on this front bill before we move on you have any comments or you you grab anything
3: yeah i got a couple comments uh mostly questions how one how many people did you hit with this chair
0: um, they were zip-tied together, so okay. we couldn't quite have any tables, ladders, chairs, matches while the wrestling was going on at that. I'm, I'm
3: sure they've learned their lesson from a couple drunk motherfuckers before. just Correct. Around. And also, Jake, so you're saying that this year's national was a little bit more disappointing. Uh, what was the difference between the last one that you are at? Was it they had just a lot more variety or...
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to the last one that was in 2019. I mean, it was obviously still a lot of fun. I mean, I would still recommend uh, going to card shows, going to the National next year. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not disappointed that I went. I just, it, it was a lot less variety, um, a lot less geared towards collectors and more geared towards investors, which as like the National, I mean, it, there's the biggest cards in the market that are for sale there. So you're going to expect to see that, but there's so many tables that uh, usually there's quite a few tables that uh, have stuff that the everyday people can buy. and just didn't seem like there are that many this year.
3: Yeah. Did you see the Honus?
1: No, I know I didn't see that, but I did oh. see uh, uh, the 2011 tops update Mike Trout oh. platinum. 101 okay. was, in, was encased in the, in the tops area, That's which sick. is pretty sweet. I also, by the way, uh, while I was waiting for uh, our tickets to be called up for Ryan Sandberg, we were standing against like some pillar, like the middle of the conven- in the middle of the convention center. And at the bottom was this little glass disc, and it said eBay. Bring this to the eBay booth for a prize. So I guess there was some sort of like uh, some sort of like hunt, like around the whole thing. And I brought it back, and I got a, a free uh, blaster box of uh, of uh, Prism College Football. Wow, that's called. Yeah, I didn't pull anything cool, but I got Trevor Lawrence. That's cool. Worth like ten bucks, but it's free. It's was, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's fun, and you know you can't get much for free nowadays. So you take advantage of what you can because if not, you're not gonna um, get much out there. So I'll I'll take that at the national, especially that you know of what like the biggest thing was in there, perhaps.
1: Uh the biggest thing they're giving away. Yeah i've got no idea what they're i mean i got a blaster box i was the only person up there that brought one so i guess throughout the day there were people bringing them um but yeah i don't know what else they gave away i'd imagine just blaster boxes because that's what i got
0: that's yeah. so pretty cool
1: yeah but even i mean some of the blaster boxes nowadays are going for good money so oh yeah
0: some of the cards and those are crazy um yeah real crazy like you said prospect driven game a lot of the nfl rookie cards or a lot of the mlb prospect cards a lot of nba nhl rookie or prospect cards going for dangerous amounts so we'll get into more card collecting memorabilia collecting episodes when the baseball season shores up for sure this winter you could be expecting um maybe some you know episodes based on certain products are based on certain collections or highlights of things of that nature. So be on the lookout for those sorts. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff this winter, maybe some ballpark episodes of ballparks we've been to and get into the details on what we like or don't like about ballparks. So Cardboard and Cracker Jack's here to stay. Bill, I see you want to jump in, bud. What do you got to add?
3: I was just going to say, you're a big uh, football collecting guy. So, you know, your season hasn't even started yet with all the game you stuff that you're probably going to end up buying this year
0: collect and um yeah I mean the Bucks market dried up greatly um they're not really listing a lot on NFL auctions it's been tragic lately we're all hoping more gets listed there's very little there's only like one or two known jerseys out there from last season um a Chris Godwin a Mike Evans a Shaq Barrett Um, And then there's an Antonio Brown from last season on eBay, the pewter one for Um, 6,500. It's a pewter (laughs) one. So, yeah, it's very limited last year. I got a couple items. Like I got Scotty Miller's game, you Super Bowl towel from last year, which is pretty badass. A couple other things. I could have a whole episode on that, which I probably will. We probably will. You know, we'll get into memorabilia cards and all that sorts. But, yeah, it's crazy out here right now for – Buccaneer collecting. I guess we'll jump from one great going ship, which is the Bucks, to a sinking ship, which is the freaking Cubs, the snubs. They're flubbing. They're losing all over the damn place. They're playing embarrassing. Let me read you guys their lineup tonight. Um, I hope you guys ate dinner already because this will make you sick. It'll make you sick to your damn stomach, what the Cubs have come to, especially... You know, what they once were with Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and if you flash back to a couple of years ago, Jorge Soler, you know, Russell had potential. They still have Contreras, thank God, but their lineup tonight Bodie batting leadoff at second. Duffy batting second at third. Wisdom batting third and left. Schwindel batting cleanup at first. Ortega, why the hell is he batting fifth, David Ross? His average is 330. pretty much as a leadoff hitter this year. He's been leading off every game. He had three hits in the first game of the doubleheader, and you bat him fifth this game? Like, what is David Ross doing? He's a leadoff hitter. He had three hits in game one, and now he's batting fifth. I don't know. Maybe Ortega, maybe he's tired, but then why the hell would he be playing at all? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Ronnie Chirino's batting sixth. Fargus batting seventh. Uh, Romine, not Austin Romine, but his brother, Andy Romine, playing shortstop, batting eighth, and Mills batting ninth. Hap is out of lineup. Contreras is out of lineup. So, obviously, not that, you know, they're tearing the cover off the ball this year, but two guys who are respected around the league. So, if you at least have Wisdom, Hap Contreras in there, okay, Ortega in there. You know, one through four, like earlier, the game one of the doubleheader, Ortega leadoff. You know, Contreras second, Hap third, Wisdom fourth. That's at least respectable. This bull crap they got going on right now, fellas, the state of the Cubs, it's getting uglier by the day. Um, next year, they have a lot of money. And then three years from now, tied to the Cubs, they only have $1 million committed to contracts three years from now. So things are looking up. And, uh, you know, we did just trade for Nick Madrigal and a handful of promising-looking young prospects, so that's exciting. And you know that the Cubs should sign a big bat this offseason, a big arm this offseason perhaps as well. Um, I don't know. We'll see if the Rickets do. Fellas, I don't know. Right now, the current state of the Cubs, we need to spend money this offseason. We have it. We need to spend it, and we need to spend it now.
1: This is like kind of flashback to like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen Cubs. Back when uh yeah, back when Darwin Barney was playing second base. That's just kind of what I'm the vibe I got the past couple of days watching the Cubs. Um not really a great vibe. I mean I think the magical pickup was a really good pickup. i I mean, I'm I'm not sure if they're gonna be spending a lot of money this offseason though, honestly. I mean the ultimate goal is, is is to get back to winning. I mean, the last thing you want to do is just load yourself with big contracts and uh, I mean, do you think they can spend their way to being competitive next year and do you really won't, won't want to do that without I think
0: I think they numbers? could I think they could easily spend it because they're in the NL Central. Um yeah, the Brewers have are having a good year this year, but if one you know one of their pitchers goes down, they're a different story. It's not like their lineup's that great. The NL Central's one of these year to year things. Not saying it's gonna happen, but the Cubs get Madrigal back next year. They get Nico Horner back. Um and then, you know, Those two guys alone add fluidity. Then they get some young guys to call up this October. Perhaps you add one or two free agents to that lineup. Not saying it's the hottest thing on earth, but no lineup in the Central is. And then their rotation, they have a couple good top arms in the prospects. Um, I think they'll be competitive the year after next. But it starts by also adding veterans with the young guys. So. Um, I, why not sign a, a big bad to like a five-year deal and then you're going to have him through the rebuild, uh, hope it's a one-year thing, and then come out of that like a uh, spring chicken the next year. I don't know. I'm not saying the Rickets will do that, but I wouldn't mind it. The Cubs haven't spent money in a while. Um, last time we spent money, gave a big contract. We got rid of him, you Darvis, so we already ditched that one. And then Jason Hayward is really the last big contract we have last in on this roster as we speak. So the Cubs could definitely afford to give one, and I hope we extend Willie as well. Um, parking is ridiculous at Wrigley Field. It was over $100, $80 to 100 bucks this weekend. I know it was Cubs' socks, but ain't nobody spending that for parking. And then there's talks of them trying to add a sports book onto Wrigley Field. To me, that just means that they want to, you know, if they're talking about adding a sports book, they know that fans eventually, if they keep putting out this bull crap lineup, they're not going to come to Wrigley Field. They need a big name. Um, They need a couple big signings in my book. I don't know. Will it happen? We'll see. But there's a couple good-ass free agents out there next year.
3: Well, So my thought process on the Cubs right now is you want Wilson Contreras almost sitting out. You want Hap sitting out. You want them – to play these young guys that have no experience, just, you know, just to
0: see what you got. The problem is a lot of them aren't young. Um, Um, Well, some of them are for sure.
3: Ortega, he's – what is he, 19?
0: I don't think he's 19, but um, he's – he's doing good and he's going to continue playing. But I mean, a guy like Andy Romine, he's at a career 220 average. He's bounced
3: around all over the place too. He hasn't been. Frank
0: Schwindel's a little older, but I am glad like the Cubs prospect, they already got in the trade for Andrew Chafin, Dykeman. He's been playing in right field. Um, He's a rookie. So yeah, I agree. You know, see what these guys do have, but you still want to play some guys, but the worse they do, the better draft pick they get. That's for sure. Hey, by the way, uh, Ortega is 30. He's yeah, gone. he's bounced around.
1: Oh, I'm
3: completely fucking wrong, man. There's, okay, I remember seeing the lineup,
1: and uh, I think it was when the
3: game was on ESPN, they showed there was two guys that were like 19, 19, and then like maybe two or three 26-year-olds and a 28 and a 30-year-old.
1: Okay, so Frank Schwindel is 29. Yep, um,
0: I know he's old as balls. Uh, didn't they call
1: up Greg Dykeman too? Yeah, he's Greg,
0: like 26 or 27, I think. Dykeman?
1: Yeah, shit. He's 26. Yeah, he's a rookie. Yep. Um, let's see. We got, I mean, Which is pretty common. David Bode's. I MLB is pretty
3: common, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. But if you're looking to, yeah, I, I mean, I guess in terms of contracts, he's well, he's a top prospect. He's, he's in his first year of, of probably seven years. Yeah, and he's a good prospect. Yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it, I it's know. doom
0: and gloom on, on the uh, north side right now, fellas. Um, I did like the uh, the uh, Kimbrel trade for Magic Roll. Uh, I like I it. That was, I like that was
3: a great trade for you guys. That was a great I, trade for both teams, honestly.
0: I like the bullpen kid we got too, Cody Hoyer. He's, uh,
3: he's going to be a stud closer one of these days. He had really, really, really good stuff last year, and then this year his command has been a little bit off, but you can see him, he'll go out there, strike out the side. And then the next game, he lets up, like, three runs. And it's like, well, just just wait till he matures into himself. He knows how to throw. He's going to be a good player. is going to be a really nice player. He's not going to hit for too much power, but he's going to be a nice on-base guy. He can bat him leadoff. off. can bat him for eighth. You know, you can pretty much put him anywhere.
0: That's why I hope that Nico Horner – shifts to outfield and the Cubs either sign like a Corey Seager or Trey Turner to pair up with Nick Madrigal this off season, that'd be cool. Yeah. But um yeah, it was interesting seeing Cody Hoyer. I do think he could be our closer of the future. And it was interesting seeing Kimbrell this weekend pitch against the Cubs. Obviously Friday night, he had a road bump, but um, you could expect that time to time. Those were a couple runs. The first couple runs he's let up in forever against the was, whole team.
3: His first – game he let up four hits since 2000 like 12 that's insane
0: it is crazy and you know it was against his old team so he probably had jitters a lot of his struggles when he was with the cubs were walks but this time it was hits and you know it was against the cubs who know him pretty damn well
3: yeah and I, he came out on saturday night and he, he had a pretty nice inning so
0: nonetheless you guys swept our ass so
3: i mean we should i mean we should have you guys didn't have the best lineup out there. The Sox are hot.
0: We've seen it before, though. We're bad north side teams have beaten south side teams and bad south side teams yeah, have beaten good I think good this
3: was the first sweep since 2011 as well. Usually, you know, it's a battle between these two teams. And when the Sox are bad, they put up a fight. When the Cubs are bad, they put up a fight.
0: Well, we barely even get three-game series anymore, you know. We, yeah. We're, we pretty much get the two and two lately.
3: It was a fun weekend.
0: Next year it goes back to four games only. Okay. Uh, how you feeling after that hot sweep and uh, the win over Minnesota? Eloy's playing good.
3: This team looks so good, and they're only going to get better. Once they get – you know, Robert last night had a double, RBI double. He's hitting the ball decent. I mean, he's only played one game, but that's promising. Aloy's Fucking tearing the cover off the ball. He's the first White Sox in White Sox history to have back-to-back games with two home runs and five RBIs, which, I mean, that, I feel like that's crazy. I feel like that's not that.
0: It's insane. Like,
3: yeah. I don't know. I'm really excited. Yasmani's not too far behind. Uh, Reynaldo
0: Lopez
3: looks like a fucking beast out there now. We were talking shit about him last podcast, and wow, he fucking shoved it right up our asses. He looks awesome. And, you know, Dallas Keuchel kind of looks like shit. Maybe they switched them for the playoffs. Maybe they're both out of the bullpen. Who in the fuck knows? Dallas Keuchel looks horrible lately.
0: I would keep Raylo in the bullpen. You know, he, he, he might as eat well. Eat up some d-
3: innings. Oh, yeah, eat like three innings. Maybe a spot start here and there.
0: Well, he looks good out of the pen, and he didn't look formidable as a starter. So, you hope he could be one of those guys who's just one of those elite arms out of the bullpen. Like Hendricks, he was a starter. Liam Hendricks was a starter at one point, and, you know, look at how elite he is. Maybe Raylo is, you know, one of those elite bullpen arms who just never quite figured it out as a starter. Man, that would, that would be awesome see him back there in the pen.
3: Just the, Our bullpen now – Everyone was hyping it up before the year started. Now it's the real deal. Now these guys are really fucking going, and it's really exciting to watch.
0: They could run into the Astros eventually. It could In the playoffs, I could definitely see an Astros-White Sacks collision.
3: Tie game. Fucking rights. And let's just talk about Cesar Hernandez real quick because the most underrated move, I think all trade deadline – was Cesar Hernandez, and he's hitting in the three hundreds with a couple home runs.
0: He's playing good for the White Sox. Great,
3: man. great glove in the field. It's really fun to watch.
0: Then they beefed up the pen with Tapera, um, Kimbrel, and I, I know they signed uh, Dude from the Pirates as well. I forget who, but they got a couple good deadline moves. I think that the White Sox are, uh, you know, they solidified their bullpen, traded for Cesar Hernandez. They they did the right things at the deadline.
3: Recon, GM of the year for sure.
0: Uh, Summer, I would say you, how's your Astros faring at the deadline? I know Kendall Graveman, um, um, you know, good move, man. Really good move. One of the top relievers available. Some other little moves as well.
1: Yeah, that Graveman trade was was a great trade. They got Graveman for uh, Abraham Toro. Um, and yeah, they got, they got, Rafael Montero, who's uh, uh, he. Hasn't been pitching very well this year, but he's he's got some pretty good stuff. He's got closer experience too, so it doesn't hurt to pick that up on the side. But I mean, it was a it was a very confusing trade. Why the Mariners were doing that in the first place? I mean, the Astros were in town the night before. The Mariners had their biggest win of the year. I think they came down from they they came back from down seven nothing against the Astros, and they came back and won. Uh, so the clubhouse was was on a high from that. They're only a couple games out of the wild card. And then they trade their closer to the team they're currently playing and chasing, which it it didn't really make any sense. I mean –
0: It did uh, later on, though, I guess. They traded for Diego Castillo. I know he's not as good as Graverman this year, but he has more club control in years to come. Um, I think Graverman might be a free agent eight years in. Graverman? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he's a free agent this year uh so it's only half a year we get of them or two months and then Toro you got probably i think 5 years of control on him so i mean Toro's hitting he's hitting lead off for them most nights so he's uh they're putting him to good use i guess i mean in a few years it it, it could be worth it he's he's been hitting pretty well um so I mean I, I guess it's it's a it's a fair trade value for, for value. It just seemed kind of confusing at the time. It's like why would the Mariners trade their elite closer to the team they're chasing? Is it, it it wasn't really uh, wasn't really taken well by the Mariners team. Uh, apparently the clubhouse was pissed, and a lot of them made comments towards the GM uh, anonymously. Uh, it, it, it was pretty ugly for a day or two. But the Mariners are playing fine. They might stick in the playoffs, so.
0: Yeah, and then uh, they yeah. did turn around and trade for Diego Castillo, who's having yeah. a good year.
1: Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, so they uh, they got Graveman, and then they picked up Yimi Garcia from the Marlins, who uh, also has closer. Experience. Great move. Um, traded one of our AAA outfielders, uh, who is now starting for for the Marlins. He just didn't really have a future in Houston, but uh, another solid trade. Um, and then the the weirdest one uh, on the very last day they traded at miles straw to the Indians for Phil maton uh, and Maton's decent um it's it just it so like that trade um, was uh, it was announced um, about 10 15 minutes before the deadline and straw has been our starting center fielder uh, all year and there were a lot of there was much of talk that the astros might trade for a new center fielder Uh, So when straw got dealt, everyone just kind of assumed, Oh shit, they're going to go and get someone in the last 10 minutes. And people thought maybe Chris Bryant was going to go to Stroh's Byron Buxton might go to the Stroh's. And then it just didn't happen. Um, They called up their triple a center fielder who had been killing it in triple a. But he hasn't started a game since they called him up. So (laughs) Uh, it seems like either like one or one of two things. Uh, so like Chaz McCormick has now been starting in center. It seems like uh, it might have been kind of like a like what they did in Moneyball, where he traded uh, Carlos Pena because he wanted what's his face to start at first. Uh, what was that guy's name? I don't Scott Hattenberg or whatever? Yes, yeah, yes, Scott Hattenberg. Yeah, so uh, it seemed like either the GM really wanted Chas McCormick to, the, to play center, uh, so he just traded Strauss so he couldn't play in center. Uh, either that happened, or I think more likely um, is that they probably had something lined up to happen in the last 10 minutes and then it fell through. That's that's what the thought is, kind of. Because, I mean, if you had, if it's like Chas McCormick is starting in center, right now like every, every game and if you think he's better than miles straw then why wasn't he playing
0: right and they so, it's not like they didn't already address the bullpen they got three bullpen arms yeah. at this point they got montero they got garcia and they got a uh, graveman
1: yeah so like what they're saying is oh we thought that the addition to the bullpen uh, was more valuable to us than um, taking straw out of the lineup which it just seems like something the GM would say when he doesn't want to say we screwed up.
0: Strong speed yeah. could come, you know, that's good speed yeah, I mean, to he's, have in the postseason. In, post, in the postseason, uh, you're going to want to run him like crazy.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he, he was hitting pretty decent. He was hitting about 265, 270 with a lot of speed and good defense, um, which you will take out of a center fielder. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Shazman McCormick has been hitting pretty well in limited time this year. Um, not hitting that high, but he hit some bombs so but the defense isn 't up there so it's it, it, in my mind, it seems like like a downgrade in in center field and i can 't help but assume that there was something that was going to happen that fell through in the last minute, uh, which is frustrating, especially when you 're trying to win a world series but At
0: they'll least make. It, do. They got bullpen arms, and, you know, now Graveman-Presley is a pretty damn good eighth, ninth inning combo. The
1: bullpen has been a little better past couple couple weeks. Uh, It was just horrible the last few months. I mean, the whole season, it's been – other than Ryan Presley, it's been just a complete mess. Uh, So, not surprised they went out and got multiple um, bullpen arms. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – they've been playing pretty decent. They had a big road trip where they played uh the Mariners, the Giants and the Dodgers, uh and went four and four on their road trip. So you'll take that against three good teams. Um and then lost three to four to to the twins the past few days and playing the Rockies right now. But the the Astros against uh losing teams this year has been confusing. They have the best record in all of baseball against uh, above against teams above five hundred and I don't even think it's even close. But then against losing teams, they—I mean—they got swept by the Tigers. They got swept by, uh, by I think the Orioles too. Like when they play losing teams, they just play down to them. And then when, when they play good teams, it it all comes together. So they just
3: lost three or four to the Twins too.
1: Who are, yeah, yeah. It's—I mean—the Twins are not good. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean. I mean, they swept the White Sox back in like June in a in a four game series. I, that's a really good team. So like, I mean, and they they played well against the Yankees. They played well against. Uh, I mean, they won one out two in LA. Uh, they've been beating the beating the Mariners pretty good this year. So so they're playing good against good teams. Just I don't know. They should have a lot better of a record than they have right now. And they're still winning the the division. But it's kind of frustrating losing to like the Tigers and the Twins and shit. Kind of sucks.
0: I mean, the Tigers have been playing decent ball. Yeah, oh, oh, really yeah. well under oh, yeah, the
1: Tigers are awesome. Yeah, but you should be beating them when you're the first place team. I mean, and like this was back before they were even on their hot streak. They've been really hot last month.
3: They're so good at building around pitching.
1: Yeah, it's, they just uh, don't, they just don't ever win. <laughs> it's it's the AJ Hinch effect. I'll I'll throw it out there. They're not quite in- another
3: Astro cheating in their dugout, probably. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. I had to bring
1: it up. I mean AJ Hinch is an awesome manager. And the Sox, no, he's
3: all, I wish the Sox would have gotten him. The White
1: Sox should have hired him. I'm so
3: happy we got Tony Larusa.
1: I mean, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, you saw him running out of the dugout the that other day. Hilarious. That was
1: hilarious. Okay, he he ran out of the out of the dugout and like shuffled his feet and then like, got into the in, like, floor. I think my grandpa face.
3: walks the same way.
1: So, like, the funniest thing about the whole thing was was Abreu's laying on the ground. He's got a nail in the head. He's hurt. And LaRuza doesn't even go to him. He goes to the Indians catcher who was trying to help him. And it's like, get out of here. Get out of here. This is my guy. And the Indians catcher is like, what the fuck? I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to help.
0: <laughs> it made no sense. The catcher is actually concerned for the hitter. Yeah. And LaRusso, you know, he probably was sipping the bottle a little bit before he ran out there. So he probably didn't even know, you know, who to help out or who was in danger. You know, the guy. he was just pissed.
3: Jose Abreu got hit in earlier in that game. This time he had fucking drilled in the head. He got hit like three games in a row prior to this. He's the best player. They're gonna build a statue of this fucking guy, and it's gonna be him laying on the ground because he gets fucking hit in the face. Yeah, and he's he's just pitches.
0: laying there like in pain, and no one is around him. It wasn't even <laughs> intentional either. Maybe yeah. No, no, no,
1: not at all. The uh, the pitcher was like clearly upset that it happened.
0: That like, was he, a little clown move on the Roos's behalf yes. for sure. I, yeah,
3: but they didn't retaliate. There was no other guys hit after that. So,
1: I think he was just confused.
0: I, his, be his I mean, have on. you
3: seen him in the dugout? He looks like he's fucking. <laughs>
0: hey, I, I'm glad he's still. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm glad he's, you know, he's still there. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's. Um, he's a good manager. He's, he's doing a great, a great job. He's, I mean, it's, it's not hard to
3: fuck it up with this team, but it's just. I mean,
1: the guy's like. It's comedy. Like he's like 80 plus years old. <laughs>
0: it's like when that Marlins old ass McKee went back to the Marlins. That was fun to watch. Uh, he was old as hell. Um Dusty's getting up there, but Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Dusty's getting up there too. Dude, I think so. Dusty
3: fucking has a better record. He might be the only record or manager of the winning record against Larusa.
1: Really? Yeah, I mean they, that oh, that was serious back in the day. It was Oh, oh yeah, for the Cubs Cardinals uh, oh, yeah. series. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, Oh. That,
2: that,
1: oh. What's going on?
0: Fellas
3: Oh, ball hit the fucking base, and it went flying in the air. What the fuck? Okay. The Sox just took the lead, though. Jose Abreu's solo shot. He's a fucking beast. Luis Robert was playing with his little fucking beard. Jose's beard, and Jose was about to fucking kill him.
0: We're just going to assume – we're going to talk some wild card here now. We're going to assume – all um in the NL, obviously, we're just going to assume that the Dodgers or Giants lock up one of the wild card. So we're going to discuss – Padres, uh, they got a three and a half game over the lead over the Reds, but will it be enough? And then AL out of Oakland, Boston, Yankees, Toronto, Seattle. We got to pick two each out of there, fellas. We'll start with you here, Jake. Cincinnati, three and a half back of San Diego. They just got Castellanos back. They traded for some bullpen arms at the deadline. How do you like the Reds' chances of uh, making a playoff push in the in the wild card with San Diego's stacked squad three-and-a-half games ahead?
1: I mean, what the Reds got going for them is that the teams that they're chasing are in the same division. So the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are going to beat up on each other pretty good the next couple months. Um, however, I, I think that it's going to stay as is. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Dodgers. Uh, or, no, I mean, I, I think the Dodgers are going to take the Giants – Spot, uh, I'm gonna predict a Giants Padres wild card
0: game, Bill. How about but, you? But the Reds are
1: fun. I, I, I love watching the Reds, they got a lot of fun players, but Padres are stacked.
0: I, I agree. The Reds are fun, they got a lot of good young hitters, especially, and a lot of good veteran hitters, too, like Castellanos and Vado. Then they got the young guys, like Jonathan India and Stevenson. Their lineup is, uh, Pretty fun to watch. And then they're pitching, too. They got Castillo, Sonny Gray. You know, they're one of those teams that if they do make the playoffs, it could be scary if their bullpen comes together, and that's why they traded guy for guys like Michael Givens. Billy, what do you think? You agree with Summer? I think a lot of people would.
3: Yeah, you know, you can uh... – you can kind of move those teams all around with San Fran and LA and San Diego. They're all stacked. They all have good pitching. They all have good hitting. Uh, they all made decent. I mean, the, let's talk about the fucking Dodgers. Holy shit. What they did at the deadline. I've never seen. They got two elite players, Trey Turner and Matt Scherzer,
0: Danny Duffy. And then they just added Cole Hamels last week. Come on. It's like
3: that's that's an elite roster, and they're always elite. Which is, you know, I know they've been kind of bit by the injury bug throughout the year. They've lost some key players, but now they're stacked. They got Mookie Betts playing second base, Gold Glove caliber second base, nonetheless. I can see them overtaking San Fran easily.
1: The Dodgers were also bit by the by the douche bug with Trevor Bauer too.
0: I mean, that
3: guy's a fucking weirdo. Those text messages. (laughs)
0: Yikes! Week uh, week done. to week administrative leave. We'll yeah, see what he's, happens. He's not coming back this year. I mean, be.
3: I'll give I'll give him credit. His his uh his vlogs were kind of entertaining because you, you got to see the back, you know, the shit that you would never get to see. But what a creep! Um, let's talk wild. So we're talking wild card. The fucking Mets. What happened? They have like Jacob eight, McGraw, eight, man. He's, I mean, he's been eight, eight, eight hurt league.
1: constantly. Philly caught fire.
0: Whew. Neither that's of those it. teams are really too much in the wild card contention, though. Um,
3: Philly's in first place.
0: That's what I'm saying, though. But if they were in wild card, Mets are seven and a half back. Um, that division is pretty much just coming down to the those
1: di- two teams, right?
0: Yeah, those they, two teams for sure. And then you look that at division's
1: been super di- disappointing. Oh yeah. Atlanta and and like part of it's because um because of because of Cunha's injury, uh, but I was expecting the Braves and the Mets to be both really good this year. I mean it, the Mets are also fun to watch, but Jacob deGrom, I mean him gets getting hurt over and over again. It's, it, that's rough. Not good. Rough.
0: The Phillies' main push, Bryce Harper, probably uh, the man behind that.
3: What I say. What did I say about him? Before we started, the most overrated, underrated player in the game right now. Everybody fucking loved him. Then he sucked. Everybody hated him. And now he's playing MVP caliber baseball again. Crazy.
0: Pretty damn underrated now. 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 Before, like you said, maybe overrated. Is that like one of the main, if not perhaps one of the biggest superstars to go from overrated to underrated? Could you guys think of any more figures that big that might fit that mold? Maybe
3: Javi Baez, but he hasn't made that push back. Nah, to
0: be... I wouldn't really say he was ever overrated.
3: I would say he was underrated when he first started, and then he was good, and now he's kind of overrated.
0: I wouldn't say he's really overrated. He only really had one terrible year, which is last year in COVID, and a lot of people, you can't really count last year's stats at all. That's fair. Um, you know, in his 60-game season. Baez this year has over 20 home runs from the shortstop position. He has double-digit steals. He has gold-glove caliber defense, although he does have a good amount of errors. But he's just an exciting player. Um, he's, I like, agree- uh,
3: he's like Wilson Contreras in the air part where he's making throws that – Not everybody can make, but he's got the arm to do it, but sometimes it's just wrong place, wrong time.
0: And his tagging is just wild. It's
3: incredible. I've never seen somebody perfect the art of tagging a guy out.
0: I could see maybe Francisco Lindor, but he really hasn't had a terrible year yet either besides this one, so I want to give him – it it seems like guys go to the mezzo and become crap. Um, We'll see if that holds true. Uh, sorry, big Mike, if you're listening to this, but I don't know. It seems like some, uh, big hitters like Jason Bay, I remember signed with them and he turned a dog shit. Suspidase kept getting injured. Obviously he had a couple good moments with them, but then he kept getting hurt. Uh, a couple big hitters come to mind that just go to the Mets and just completely fall off the table. So we'll see if, uh, Robinson can know where the hell are you. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, um, you know, this becomes any different. Um, I don't know. We'll see if Baez and Lindor, you know, I know they like playing together, so we'll see. But yeah. Bryce Harper, that is that is a figure, a creature who is in the MVP candidates. I might say that um you know Actually, Nick Castellanos is never overrated. I feel like he's underrated now, but he was never really overrated. Very underrated.
3: Very underrated at first. Now he's just – everybody expects what he does. He goes out there and competes, you know.
0: And, you know, we're really only naming NL guys, but the AL has a boatload of players out there. Based on their AL wild card, I mean, you got Oakland and Boston leading the way, tied for first and wild card fellas, and you got – Yankees two games back. They've been on a surge, although they have another COVID spike. And then Toronto's three and a half back. Mariners only five and a half back. Angels one game over 500 now, but seven and a half back. So really, oh, there goes Getty on the screen. Hey, we got uh, really a one, two, three, four, five team race between Oakland, Boston, New York, Toronto, and Seattle. We got two spots on the line. Billy, we'll start with you here. Who do you like? The Mariners, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the A's. Pick two of those five and why.
3: I got to stick with Oakland and Boston just because Oakland's been doing it sneaky for the last couple years. They've always been pretty consistent. And Boston, they've been good, and now they're getting the best pitcher in base, one of the best pitchers in baseball Chris Sale back. So if he's able to perform like he has been in the past, uh, they're going to be a force. I fucking hate the Yankees. I always have, the, you know, I, I, everybody hates the Yankees. I, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty common thing. Hey, Amen. Um, Feel the dreams. So I hope the I hope the Sox whoop their ass this weekend or this week. That'll be a fun game to watch on Thursday. I just watched Feel the Dreams again last night. Great movie. Um, but with those teams, Boston, New York, and Toronto, all battling against each other with Tampa, They're all just going to beat the shit out of each other. I think it's going to stay the same.
0: Summer, I do agree that uh, Boston and Oakland are the two, or do you see perhaps a Toronto, Um, a New York, a Seattle, or even an Angels catching fire?
1: I think this is going to be the most exciting wild card. I mean, the most race for a playoff spot going down the stretch. Uh, I I see Oakland holding on to to one spot. Um, However, I think it's going to be the Toronto Blue Jays that come out wow. and grab. And I think the Blue Jays might grab the number one spot. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, if if you just look at – I'm looking at run differential right now. Um, so the A's, their run differential this year is plus 61. The Red Sox are plus 33. The Yankees are plus 17. And the Blue Jays are plus 123. So that offense the Mariners.
0: 51.
1: The Mariners are minus 51, so that says them. I mean, maybe there's some luck involved there. I know they've been winning a ton of one-run games. Don't get me wrong; the Mariners are are actually a very good team.
3: I um, mean, they're playing against Texas and the Angels.
0: Yeah, Angels yeah. are over 500. Yeah, they're they're the Angels, they're over right
3: 500. They're never consistent.
0: But yeah, but nonetheless, I know you were. They have the A's, the Astros, and the Angels in that division. That's a hell of a lot better than the NL or the AL Central. Oh
3: well, I mean that's not even an argument. And the <laughs> Central's dog shit. And the AL East they got
1: Baltimore, so.
3: Right. Yeah. That's one uh, bad team, though.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think they'll. I yeah, think but
0: they'll the, the records are very comparable division wise. Uh, if you were to add them up, like Texans, the, the, Texas and Baltimore are the only two bad teams. Then you literally have the Angels, Mariners, Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, A's, Astros, Rays, you know, you just it, it's crazy. And then, you know, respect to the White Sox, they're one of the best teams in baseball. But then you look at their division and it's just you know, that's what the Centrals do though. That's a, and the magic is you you could have you win win the central in any with any record AL or N L and you can make the playoffs.
1: And also for the Blue Jays, I mean, their offense this year has been awesome. Uh, and most of the year they haven't even had uh, George fucking Springer. He's finally back. My favorite Astro of the last I don't know how many years. He's awesome. But uh, he won Player of the Week the past two weeks in a row. He's absolutely killing it. So just stick that in in front of an already stacked Blue Jays lineup, and it's just. It's a, it's a very good pitching staff. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good lineup. The, the pitching staff is still decent. It's picked up a Barrios, in the bullpen's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take the A's. I think the A's have enough to hold on for one of these spots. I think the Red Sox, Yankees, and, and Blue Jays are going to beat up on each other a little bit to the point so that the A's can hold on to one of them. But I think the Blue Jays are going to take the second one.
0: I think the A's made some really good moves. They did lose Loriano for the year for the suspension, but I do think the A's made some good deadline moves. And, um, you know, they put themselves in a the top spot. The Red Sox made some moves as well, but Schwarber just, just suffered a setback. So that hurts them. He was supposed to bring some help on the way. I think the Yankees get healthy and I think they make the playoffs as much as uh, people don't want to see the Yankees in there. They're facing COVID outbreak after COVID outbreak Um, and they continue to fight their way into the damn playoff picture. It's like they're missing so many guys right now. Uh, Garrett Cole, you know, a couple of hitters as well, like Glibert Torres, um, Gary Sanchez, Anthony Rizzo. You know, the the pieces are definitely missing. Aroldis Chapman's out now. Um, you know, the pieces are missing for the Yankees. And once these guys all come back, whew, watch out for this team because they're winning without these guys. So I think the Yankees get in, and I think that the Red Sox get in. I think the A's aren't going to make it with Laureano getting hurt. Um, I I know they got Marte. I know they got Harrison. I know they got Gomes. They did make some good moves. I don't think their pitching's enough to bring them into the postseason. If you look at their pitching on paper, I know they have guys like Chris Bassett and Manaya who have been pitching pretty well this year. But is starting to slow down a little bit. We've been seeing him regress his past couple of starts, including tonight against the Indians where he got hit around pretty well. Last start, he got hit around pretty well as well. And then Chris Bassett, um, you know, are you gonna rely on him as your big arm in this postseason? That's a, that's you know, that's a lot on that guy's arm. So we'll see what happens. I don't think the Mariners are gonna uh Mariners or Angels will make any runs anytime soon. So they're both pretty good teams for sure. And then in the NL I like the Padres as you guys do as well. The Reds have been fun, but I don't think they have what it takes over there, um you know, to to punch their way up to the top but the wild cards fellas we got a lot of good fun times coming down to the wire here with baseball and uh speaking down to the wire this episode's coming out on the wire we're gonna do some last minute shout outs and uh, last minute thoughts as we go around here fellas billy we'll start with you any last minute thoughts uh before we log off
3: i just love baseball
0: I, I think we all damn do. I just love baseball. You know, the White Sox are winning right now. I'll give a couple other score updates. Cubs are in a rain delay. Um, Cardinals are up on the Pirates 4-1, to one, and then the Indians are up on the A's 3-2. to two. So, um, yeah, Billy loves baseball. The-
3: like, nothing beats it. So, you know, the dog days of the summer, it's hot. You, want, you work all day. You come home, you want to just relax. There's always a game on Always a game on. So you get home, you throw that on, you can relax, have a drink or two, and just wind down. And there's nothing like it. Go into a game. There's the smells. Oh my god, the fucking smells. The onions. You walk into a ballpark, the first thing you smell is just onions being sauteed for hot dogs, and it's incredible. Correct.
0: I'm fucking all hungry. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm eating dinner as soon as we log off. Samurai. Um, last-minute thoughts for our podcast? Um, so, from a really positive thing, back to maybe a
1: sadder note, uh, rest in peace to Tony Esposito. Mm. That, that sucks, man. That sucks. Fucking I mean, legend. you can say what you want. I mean, all the obvious stuff about how awesome of a goalie he was, one of the best goalies ever, one of the best Blackhawks ever, and his absolute legend in hockey. Um, but, I mean, he was awesome dude uh blackhawks the 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 blackhawks and blackhawks fans uh were extremely blessed to have him as an ambassador for the last decade plus um it was was at everything every event every convention was at the games all the time always meeting fans uh i actually a couple years ago with my dad uh not at the national at one of the other chicago card shows uh we were lucky enough to meet him uh, my dad got a, got a picture signed by him and of, of all the athletes that I've met over the years, usually with my dad, uh, he is, was clearly the number one kindest and most friendliest person that I've ever met. So like we went up, um, uh, he signed the a picture that my dad gave him. It was a picture of him and his brother, Phil. Uh, it was signed by Phil uh, already. So Tony signed it. They were talking about it for a few seconds. And then uh, I like to kind of stand there and and, and then take a picture while he's signing it. My dad shakes his hand and everything. And he saw that I was taking a picture and he stood up and shook my dad's hand and posed for the picture next to my dad, which people never do. Um, I I think they're actually not supposed to do that. Uh, They're just super friendly uh just totally sucks um uh one of the greatest blackhawks ever uh hit me pretty hard today i'm sure a lot of blackhawks fans are pretty upset today about that so
0: a lot of hockey fans in general are pretty upset about that so that is a um you know great log off great way to end it by talking about a true legend of the game bill what do you got to add
3: on a positive note, about I mean, all that was positive. But on a less sad note, have you guys ever seen the Benny's commercial with him in it?
1: Oh yeah, where he's standing yeah. in the
3: hallway and you hear the horn, then yeah, go, it's already <laughs> funniest commercial I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: one of my yeah, yeah. yeah. Favorites. There was a bunch of them like that where where he was in there.
3: Oh my God, he's a legend. And that I'm a
0: awesome. I'm a Lightning guy, but I will say he's you know one of those icons, immortals that all of hockey should respect and pay it's deserved due to. And, um, you know, living in Chicago, you realize how big of an impact he has made on a franchise, hearing about it, talking about it. So another great face lost. Um, another one not forgotten, though. I'm, I'm sure the Hawks will have some patch and uh, cool things on their uniforms this year and in the United Center to remember him. Yeah, statue. I think he yeah. had two stints with the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm not well, sure. A
1: few years ago, they uh they gave Makita and Bobby Hole statues outside. So um, why not him? Who were two of the what? So so the ambassadors they they started a little bit over a decade ago. It was it was Makita, Hull, Esposito, and Denny Savard, and the uh, Esposito should have a statue too outside the stadium. That should get done. Maybe
0: we'll talk hockey one episode and uh, talk statues and who's deserving and what, but. Great one lost. Um, Awesome story with your dad there. You don't see athletes do that at all anymore. So um, that's truly admirable that athletes do do that. And uh, just another athlete gone too soon. And that's, you know, that's what makes us appreciate sports even more. You know, we don't get these athletes around forever when they're done playing. It's one thing, but when a legend's lost, um, you know, it's a completely other thing. So Everyone just keep enjoying the game of baseball. I do think it's back on the up a little bit after a couple tough years. Um, We got to hope baseball keeps staying entertaining. We got to keep fans in the game. Um, a lot of good young players right now to enjoy the game. Keep enjoying it. Go get your MLB TV package. Go watch the Tatisas. Go watch the Otanis. Go watch the Vlad Juniors. There are young, talented ball players all over baseball right now. Do not miss out on these guys. If you're a parent and you're wondering, should my kid get into baseball? Absolutely. It's a great sport. It might be America's pastime, but it's also America's present and future because it's just a game a lot of people love go to take their mind off of things and all that great stuff. So as much tragedy, sadness, shocking there is in this world. Baseball's always there. It's a positive note, a positive nature in a lot of people's lives. So it's um it's always great to talk baseball with you guys. I coach baseball as well. I'm appreciative of the game and what it does for not only me, but a lot of the people. And I'm appreciative of this podcast for, uh, you know, giving us a platform for independent media where we could come and give our opinion, news, insight on all of our teams and the MLB in general. So it's been a slice as always. Um, another episode of Cardboard and Cracker Jacks is coming gone too soon. We'll be back in the very near future with another episode. Meanwhile, Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cracker Jacks Pod. Check us out on a number of other things as well, like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more at Cardboard and Cracker Jacks. On behalf of Astros Jake, on behalf of Coach G, I'm Tampa Tones. You have listened to another beautiful episode of Cardboard and Cracker Jacks. We'll be back at you in the very near future. Peace.
2: of silence, in restless dreams I walked alone, narrow streets of cobblestone, neath a halo of a street land, I turned my collar to the cold and damp, when my eyes were stared by the flash of a neon light.